It is episode 196 of Vegas Revealed. The checkered flag has fallen on Formula One in Las Vegas, and the strip is starting to return to normal. How long will the whole teardown take? Where does all the money go now that the race is over? And our observations after being there in person. Plus, hello, 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 we chat with Vegas Pauly C. You may know him if you follow his Vegas content on TikTok and Instagram. Vegas Pauly C. He is everywhere, every day, with interesting takes and insider info. We dial him up and have a chat. That is this week on Vegas Revealed. And a big thank you to our sponsors, the Vegas Near Me app and Hotworks 24-hour infrared fitness studios. We also want to thank our subscribers. We appreciate your monthly donations. All right, let's get to it now. Spin that wheel. Welcome, everyone, to episode 196 of Vegas Revealed. I'm Dana Roselli, along with Sean McAllister. And boy, what a week it has been. We wrapped up Formula One, our first inaugural race here in Las Vegas. And overall, with the exception of a water valve cover disrupting uh, the first trial run, um, it seemed to go relatively smoothly. I think the the after of thoughts from everyone, even in the racing world, it seems to be like it was a hit. I mean, they loved it. It was different. We had a lot more entertainment than maybe some other races normally have. A lot of glitz and glam, a lot of celebrities. We had David Beckham here and Brad Pitt and Danica Patrick and Shaquille O'Neal and Paris Hilton, and the list goes on and on and on. Well, and Brad Pitt himself even said that he thinks... F1 is here to stay in Las Vegas. That's right. You're here, Formula One. Yeah, we're so happy to be here. What do you make of it? It's just really exciting. I think this sticks. I think it's a good one. So he seemed to enjoy it. The, <laughs> the Biebs, Justin Bieber, was what? He had like the flag. Oh, he had it the was checkered great. flag. Uh, Rihanna was here. It was it was packed. <laughs> it was. Um, we have so many thoughts, and we know you all do out there in social media, too. On social media, I should say. It's been quite a week with a lot of back and forth, a lot of positive, a lot of negative, and it looks like those two sides coming at it, especially on Twitter, which is now X. But I was going to say, we got a lot of, you know, what do you say now? You got a lot of X's, a lot of, a lot of tweets. No, it's still (laughs) tweets. It's still tweets for us. And it's still mean tweets when that, when that applies, Yeah, which is what we dealt with. And we'll get into that. I know we have so much to talk about really. Um, but we did get to go to opening ceremonies and that was a joy. And then we were able to go to one of the practice rounds on Friday night, the eight 30 slot. So, um, we, have a lot to talk about. Um, we want to point out, though, first, you know, last week when we had the episode where we interviewed Mark Chinook and we talked about F1, we actually recorded that before we ever, A, knew we were going to be able to go to F1. Right. And B, before F1 weekend. So our thoughts have always been, this has not changed, going into F1, the Las Vegas Grand Prix, with a positive edge. You know, we all dealt with the traffic. It has been a disruption for our town. But both you and I said, uh, and we chatted with Mark about it last week, like, let's be positive. Let's see what happens. And that's what we did. And and judge the event itself based on just the event itself mm-hmm. and not any of the outlying issues that people may have faced and frustrations, all that. Um, I think overall, 
each of us has the impression that it was a really well done event. <laughs> it was. I mean, listen, and we were very lucky to be able to go to the skybox and see the setup, which, you know, is that whole paddock area there at Harmon and Koval. And we were in awe. I could tell by your face, my face, my friend Melissa's face, your husband. We were just like, wow, this is gorgeous. Like, where did this come from? And then on the way in, you know, the whole vibe there, it was really relaxed. People were just enjoying themselves. And there were people at every corner that you turned there to help you. So all those temporary workers, they made such a difference. Oh my gosh. And there were over 7,000 Las Vegas locals who were hired to work at F1 in various venues uh, around the course. Um, so, th- I mean, that's a big deal mm-hmm. in and of itself, but it did make it so much easier to get around, especially for a, a new infrastructure. You don't know what gate to go to. You don't know where to go once you're inside the gate. And everybody was so helpful and pointing you in the right direction and making sure that you had a really good experience. Everyone was really, the workers were really, really friendly. Yeah, and they were easy to find because they had these these like poles that they were holding that said, ask me. Yeah. So you're like, you know, you didn't have to go search for someone. Uh, we had some great servers too. They were amazing. And and like I said, we were invited, so we were able to take it in uh, mostly for free so that we could experience and see firsthand what F1 was like. We really wanted to see the track and the race. Um at least the practice, the, the 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 cars actually doing a run. Let's put it that way, because we had never witnessed it in person. Right. You and I have been to NASCAR many times, and we loved it. Um, but we were throwing tips around here all over because we knew that we were invited, and the staff was so great. We were just so impressed by everyone. So they were, and so it was a great event. Um, and we know that F one is coming back again next year. We already have the dates: November twenty first through twenty third of 2024, Mm -hmm. we can expect it back again. uh, And they're accepting ticket deposits already as well. Yeah. And when we put that out on Twitter, everyone's like, we knew that it was a 10 year. I'm like, I know, but there were a lot of people on Twitter that were saying, oh, the race isn't coming back. This is going to be the final year. And it's like, no, it's not. But so a little reminder, it's still on. Everything's moving forward. Everyone can calm down. Um, gosh, there's so much to talk about. I don't even think we could go through all of it as far as what our experience was like. But let's just hit the opening ceremony because, listen, we love entertainment. We have an entertainment podcast. And so you and I were really impressed to see, what was it, like eight performers in a row doing? I actually saw an interview with Journey, and they said they asked them to perform, and they said, you have the longest slot. And they said, how long's our slot? And they said, like, Two minutes and 13 seconds because um, they moved them right along. But it was so cool how they moved them right along. It was like, you know, it, 30 seconds from Mars, you know, Kylie Minogue, Journey, uh, Keith Urban, Will I Am. And it just kept going and going and going and orchestrated to lights and uh, Jay Balvin and then drones in the sky, you know, creating this welcome to Las Vegas sign and fireworks and what a sight. And it was so organized because it was on TV. Right. And it, what was cool about it is that uh, instead of having performers on a single stage or on multiple stages, they essentially, you know, those uh, video rolling billboards Mm -hmm. that you see going up and down the strip, it was kind of like there were those big mobile video screens that were lined up down the track. And there were uh, like elevators that would bring the performers 
up to the top of those. So they were they were each performing on the top of a different massive video screen there right on the track. So it was a really neat way to uh, display all of the the entertainers who were there. Yeah, it was it was really cool. We've seen a lot. I've been, you know, to like multiple. I think I've been live on the strip at least 10 times for New Year's Eve. And that is spectacular. It's just different. So I put out this tweet that said it was one of the best things I've ever seen in Vegas. And I got attacked. Mostly uh, a lot of positive, but like attacked as in like... Uh, nasty comments, okay? And and people say, well, what? No, we're saying being trolled. Well, what is a troll? People are allowed to have differing opinions. So it's like, well, they are, but if they keep coming at you over and over and over again and put giving you memes that have the, the finger sticking up and it's like, listen, here's the deal with us, okay? And here's the deal I can speak for myself on myself. I don't talk about it if I don't like it. So if you hear me go silent about something or don't see me talk about it at all, it probably means I didn't love it. I'm only putting out there what I honestly feel and if I like something. And if I kind of liked it, I will point out, here were some of the positives. Um, I wish this was better. That's me. It's always been me. Nothing different. So yeah, it was one of the best things I've ever seen in Vegas, and I'm sticking to it. Well, and here's the other thing, is that uh, we, being longtime Las Vegas locals, being uh, longtime journalists, broadcasters, and admittedly cheerleaders for the city of Las Vegas, for all of Las Vegas, um, we like to see things succeed. and. To have things succeed, sure, you can look at different situations critically, but you don't have to make overt attempts at being negative over and over and over about every single thing and decision and move that's made. You don't have to do that. People couldn't go and up the escalators. It was negative. Too I, many people on the escalators. <laughs> too many. The line was too long for the monorail. I'm like, oh my gosh. Everything. It was everything. <laughs> I mean, I think there are absolutely certain things that are fair to criticize with the way that certain things went in Las Vegas leading up to the F1 race. But overall, I mean, looking at it from a, a, a positive side, mm -hmm. I mean, it did bring some great things to Las Vegas. It did. And and I just want to address another thing. People always say, well, it's different for you. It's easy in and out. That's not, and somebody wrote me that and I said, no, that's not true. I, I we had to, we sit and we, we looked up a map and figured everything out and decided Ubering there and back was the best for us. We actually Ubered to Virgin and walked and we did it on the way back. And um, normally sometimes we'll go to a show, Sean and I will take the monorail and we walk. We walk to get to the monorail from the West Gate, up the thing. We walk through the casino. We walk across the street. We are not, we don't have a limo driver. And we don't have car <laughs> service. We are experiencing in some ways what, you know, normal people are experiencing when it comes to some of these things. However, yes, we are taken places where, um, and given the opportunity to witness things so that we can you know, share them with you. And sometimes Sean and I will look at each other and go, I don't get it. 
But we understand that some things that we've been to, like it might be for somebody else. It doesn't right. mean that it's for us, but like we don't get it. But you know what? I can see why people like this, that kind of thing. Exactly. We enjoyed the opening ceremony. It was spectacular. I loved it. I just thought it really was, you know, I always think like, how can we top the year before or this event or that event? And it's like, wow, this, it, it was stunning. And that's how we started out. F1. <laughs> and then everyone saying, well, you know, you're backing the race. It had nothing to do with the race. I'm talking about opening ceremony. Was gorgeous. It was cool. And um, I just loved it. And just to clear up some things that people were asking about on social media, no, we, neither of us, <laughs> was paid by F1 nope. to say positive things. Neither of us was paid oh. by Las Vegas to say positive things. Um, it was our experience and our choice to look at things positively rather than continuously taking a negative take on things. Yeah. And and we had some some lovely, you know, waitresses that were working. We were throwing 20. We gave our Uber driver a $40 extra cash tip. People were working and frustrated and they had to they worked hard. They had to get around and we appreciate all of that. And I'm not telling you how much we we threw all these I'm just saying that we appreciated the fr- you know that everyone was there with a smile on and just trying their best to get through the weekend because initially from a distance, we saw so much construction and traffic and frustration that I think people went in thinking this is going to be a disaster, you know, and it was more of like a thank you. Thank you to our community for um, coming together and and let's see how it goes. In the end, I think most people enjoyed it. I think so too. And then just to put a point on, you know, all of it, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I likened everything with F1 to a kitchen remodel. Yeah. When you're in the middle of that remodel, your kitchen is torn apart, your microwave is over on top of a box in the corner, that's your only cooking device. Mm-hmm. When you're living through that, that is frustrating. And, you know, some people say, well, it's like living through hell when you're when your kitchen's all torn apart. Right. But when the remodel is done, you're like, "Oh, look at this new kitchen." Right. And like, I feel like that's where we are now with F1. Yeah. We went through all the frustrating stuff. The event itself was terrific. It's coming back. The eyes of the world, over a hundred million people tuned in around the world to watch the race here in Las Vegas. And so now we have that shiny new kitchen. We do. And you know what? I think, you know, for the people that went and people say, well, the tickets came down and, but, th- but that meant, meant a lot of people like that didn't think they were able to go could go. I saw a lot right. of people, um, on social media on all platforms saying, you know, we went at the last minute or we, we went down there and we hung out even close by and yep. it was fun. And, um, and, and I also know that people are saying, well, some businesses were hurt and and that may be true, but I also did get a tweet from someone who said my business actually thrived on that weekend that I didn't normally get a lot of business. So it depends. And it was different and it was the first time. So we don't know what to expect. We don't know who's going to thrive, who's not, you know, it, and it was one weekend. And so we're going to figure that out. People are going to know now, maybe to tweak things, maybe, maybe, maybe you give your, if you were completely dead and you're off the strip or whatever, maybe, maybe you give people a couple of days off and then you really kick it up leading up to it or after, I, I don't know, but we're going to have to make adjustments and, and go with the flow. Well, and I think those are the kinds of things that you, you don't know about until you go through the event 
for the first time. And yeah. we've now been through that. We see where there are opportunities to improve systems, infrastructure, all of it. And it is people's jobs to go through and look at all that stuff yeah. and make sure that next year is better. And the year after that is even better than year two yeah. and so on and so on. And I think it is going to become a well-oiled machine, but it's the the things that you have to work through when you have an inaugural anything. Mm -hmm. It's true. And, you know, I think it's hard um, with social media. People are seeing videos and getting riled up. And all I say is, you know, that does serve a purpose. Influencers serve a purpose. Just keep in mind, um, you know, context is everything. Sometimes somebody's walking through an empty casino. It's like, what time is it, you know, of day? Was it during the event? Because maybe everyone was at the event. Or was it early in the morning? Or was it, you know, um, there are things where there has been, you know, incidents where, oh, this person was getting yelled at. Well, how long before that? Was somebody asking a person to either move or, you know, kind of whatever, whatever the situation right. is. We There's different parts of video, and, it, and we've talked about things on our podcast in the past where we said, like, here's what we saw with our own eyes, but we weren't sitting there. Let's see if some other videos from different perspectives come out. You have to keep all that in mind. Yeah, you do. Now, you guys did something that was very helpful is we had a lot of questions thrown at us, right? And so we tried really hard to get you some answers. And we did. We went right to the LVCVA and we asked them a list of questions. A lot of them people had asked us whether, whether it was a private message or publicly and tried to get some answers for you. Yeah. And the number one question that we got is how long is it going to take for all of this infrastructure to be taken back down again? Well, we know that it took at least a month. It was over a month for mm -hmm. everything to be set up. So deconstructing, it's probably going to be about the same time. By January, the bulk of the infrastructure should be taken back down. Right. Um, yeah, we'll see. It, I did notice that they're going really quick. I have this little hair in my eye, and it's really <laughs> annoying me. Um, I did notice that they were working quick, though, this morning. The, some of the live cameras out there was like they were rolling and they were moving things. So, I mean, it could go a lot faster. They may be really trying to... Listen to the public and say, let's yeah. get this all down. We'll see. Here's another broad topic. Was the race worth it? Well, you know what? From some of these numbers that I'm <laughs> going to read through, it seems like it. Worldwide viewership was estimated to be about 100 million. That's 100 million eyes and ears on Las Vegas. So pretty incredible. And you and I even, this was one of our questions. Like, how is the community going to benefit? How is Southern Nevada going to benefit? Right. Um, and we got some answers on that, too. Yeah, $100 million in tax revenue was brought in by this race. You have to remember, F1 paid a big chunk of money to have this race here as well. So all of that tax revenue is going to go to things like K-12 education, higher education, uh, health care. So that really does offset a whole bunch of money that would otherwise be need need to come from somewhere else mm -hmm. and actually 25 million uh, is going to go to k-12 education yeah that's really cool i'm glad to hear that um and i'm sure that we'll hear more and more about that maybe some more specifics on how they plan to use it um the race was expected to employ more than 7,700 people and include roles for event operations and support as well as construction we kind of touched on that a little bit but yes we did that was very visible <laughs> visible workers on the ground and then of course leading up to it yeah it was 
another big, 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 big question. Will the track need to be paved again? Mm-hmm. Because we know how all that went the first time around. Uh, the answer is not immediately. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and it looks like it'll be a little while. So we thought, because now like a lot of people were saying, well, now we're going to have to go through all this again next time. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's going to be as bad. So the paving disruptions in future years, they said, will definitely be less. So that's great. Uh, Miller Project Management has said that the track should last six years, if not eight to 10 years. Now they do recognize there will be times where they have to go back and make repairs. So they've got a protocol call in process and in place with the Clark County to make sure that it goes back to the same as they did it the first time around. And so they are looking ahead and planning for that. Doesn't seem like it's going to be as big of a mess. So that's some good news. What a relief. Yeah. And with a 10-year commitment, they're they're hoping that the track that was put down this time around is going to last that entire span of time. Um, Now we are going to have a clearer idea on exact numbers on hotel occupancy Mm -hmm. on gaming revenue. uh, in about a month from now, once all those uh, facts and figures are compiled and then released. So we'll absolutely share that with you when we get that information in. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix did say that over 300,000 people came in specifically for the event, that they were at the event. And then also about $1.2 billion is probably taken in as well. So um, again, we're going to have all that, you know, like uh, like the money and the gambling and all that kind of thing uh, coming in in probably a month or so. And somebody else who has been following everything F1 and really everything Vegas Mm -hmm. is Paul Contino. You probably know him better if you're following him on TikTok or Instagram as Vegas Pauly C. (laughs) I know. I mean, we got to get we got to get it down. I'm excited to talk to Vegas Pauly C. He starts every video off with a little hello, hello, hello. And he's on TikTok as uh, Vegas Pauly C. And then you can find him on Instagram as Casino Comp Wallet. We've been wanting to talk to Pauly C because a lot of his videos, I think we appreciate a little bit more because I I don't know what you, what you would call, I don't know if he's necessarily an influencer. He provides content on social media, right? Yeah. You know, he's kind of like a firsthand account. He walks around the strip. He shows a lot of different things, but what we love about what he does and how he presents his videos is that he always says this is what I heard, or this is what I was told from someone that works there, but I haven't confirmed it. This is what I'm hearing. And then he also goes back and corrects a lot of his videos. Um, there was something that came out about the sphere and how much it made. And he he'll get on and say, you know, that's how much it made, but, but it also was only open for two days. And, you know, he really clears a lot of things up. And so I think you and I, as journalists appreciate his take as a a social media storyteller. Yeah, we definitely do. So we're excited to have Vegas Polly C with us now. Polly, hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Well, hi, how are you? It's Vegas Polly C. Well, hello, hello, hello. (laughs) All right, how many people come up to you and say that? Uh, A lot, Uh, (laughs) every day. Well, this is what, this is the way it goes. So not a lot of people really know that what I look like exactly. True. Uh, Even though I am sort of an unusual, different looking kind of guy, but a lot of people don't know what I look like, but they know the voice. (laughs) So what happens is, and this is always funny to me, I'll go to do a video and I'll do my video right out on the corner, wherever, and people will hear the voice and all of a sudden they'll turn 
and they'll be like, I know that voice. <laughs> so if, I'm, if I'm out there using my voice, it's a lot more people, but it's probably 10 to 15 people a day. <laughs> I and, love it that. It endlessly fascinates my girlfriend because, you know, she knows me as a dork. She knows me as a nerd. She knows me as an introvert. She kind of knows me as just someone who just doesn't have it. And then she sees me out doing this and she can't, you know, she really can't balance the two, I don't think. <laughs> but, you know, this is something that's just so enjoyable. I mean, how can you not love it? I know. Yeah. I mean, listen, you do a great job. I'm going to tell you, the reason, I, I feel like I follow and know who everyone is in Vegas. And then all of a sudden, I have a friend in New York City who has said, he comes to visit Vegas a lot. And he says, Dana, you got to, do you know who Pauly C is? And I said, no. <laughs> I said, how do I not know who Pauly C is? He says, you got to follow this guy. So I did. Then I started sharing with Sean. Even my mom follows along now. I mean, everyone's, we love it. We love your content. Um, it's it's well, different than everyone else. And it's sometimes, a it's a riot the way that you present it and how passionate you are about it. And you were just telling us off the phone that, listen, this is what I do and I love it and, and it feeds you, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, they technically call it narcissistic adoration. Uh -huh. So, you know, you feel, you feel that love come from the crowd. You know, it's just like anything. Uh, right. What's fascinating about it is, is I never felt it at all in any way, shape or form my entire life. So when I started to feel it, I had to look it up and I had to figure out exactly what's going on. Uh, and I, I found out what it was because the act of doing social media and the act of being an influencer is extremely, ridiculously, insanely uh, narcissistic. <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing. It embarrasses me because, you know, I have this relationship with my girlfriend. We've been together for six years, you know, and I try and stay humble and I try and tend to her needs and I'm very small in the relationship. And then I get out there uh, and that starts to go on. Right. So once I saw that, I had to say, okay, I understand what's going on. And you start to understand like the cult of personality and, and I studied it. But what's amazing about it to me is just how nice everyone is. Mm -hmm. Like everyone is so kind and everyone encourages me. Great. And sometimes I do stuff and I say, that's not that great. <laughs> but then everybody tells me it's great. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, but I don't, I don't let myself, um, you know, get high on my own supply. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I'm constantly watching and I'm saying, well, that's not that. You know, maybe I made a mistake over there. Like I made one really tragic mistake. And can I tell this story? Yeah, I'm here go ahead. Let's hear yeah. it. So We're all about tragic, tragic I mistakes. Made this, I made this tragic mistake. I went in front of the sphere uh, and I was high on my own supply because I had just done a video where I showed the hockey pucks. Mm -hmm. I had walked up to the sphere. There was no security all in front of it. I hadn't breached anything. I hadn't done anything wrong. But the security was not there. It was two days before it opened. There was nobody there. And I said to myself, wow, there's nobody here. So let me walk up to it. And I did a close-up video. I had never seen what powered the sphere. And it's these little hockey pucks that have LED lights on it. Yep. So I made that video. And the minute I made it, I was like, oh, boy, this is a home run because I got 100,000 views within two hours and then a million views within 12. And it went to 5 million views. So, of course, I'm going to walk by the sphere every day. So now the next day I walk by the sphere and there's someone working on a utility closet. And I swear, you're going to have to take my word for this, although maybe some people don't. I come from a place of innocence. I'm really not trying to cause any trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, I certainly don't want to get in any trouble. So I start interviewing the guy that's working on the box. Now, all the box does is it's a camera box that looks at the sphere from four different angles so that the controllers inside the booth can see what's on, uh, outside the booth so that they understand what they're doing inside. So I start to interview the guy. And, you know, I put it up innocently and it's doing really well. And I'm like happy with it because, again, it was just uh, something that I did uh, with no uh, malintent. Mm -hmm. And I start to see these comments and you're going to get that guy fired. He just shouldn't have been talking to you. 
that, you know, a lot of negativity mm. and immediately because my EQ should be higher than it is, you know, emotional quotient, my EQ is a little, you know, it's a little on the low side sometimes. Immediately I start fighting back in the channel. Like, what are you talking about? He's not going to get fired. You're all crazy. Why do you got to be negative? Like I hit some negativity for the first time and I didn't handle it well. Sure enough, the guy got fired. Oh but no. I talked to his boss because his boss is the one who said, can you please take down the video? So his boss assured me, and I don't, I forgot the name of the company, but his boss assured me he wasn't going to get fired. He was just going to get transferred off the job because, you know, Jimmy Dolan, who owns the sphere, runs a tight ship over there and they had a fit, blah, 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 blah. So my understanding is, is that he did not get fired. He got transferred, but I made an apology video, but the whole thing was just three days of me feeling so terrible. But I want to tell you this because I always tell the God's honest truth about everything. You do. About four days ago, I got a I got a DM from somebody who said, you know, that guy who you just got transferred, who you just went, he did end up getting fired. Oh. And again, this is already weeks later. I mean, I don't know how long ago the sphere opened. So again, I had all those emotions again. Again, I feel terrible. I said, look, uh, you know, to the DM that came in four or five days ago, I said, I feel terrible. Have the guy contact me and I'll do something for him, with him, of him. You know, I'll try and make amends in some way, shape or form. I mean, I'm not without resources. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I never, I never heard from it. But that was my most tragic mistake. Yeah. So now when I see employees, I leave them alone. Okay. That's basically <laughs> the lesson that I learned. Lesson learned. Even though it's really a curiosity and it really does come from a place of innocence. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It's curiosity and sometimes people will start talking to you and you don't know. Right. We went to, uh, we were taking- You know take- the saddest part about it is, I just want to say the guy was the sweetest guy in the world. That's oh. why he gave me all that information. I know. Well, we went up to Northern Nevada and we stopped at that clown motel, America's Scariest and whatever. We talked to a woman that worked there and everything was fine. But I thought later when I was posting it, like, I hope she's allowed to talk to us. Like she was letting us in rooms and she kind of right, just right, seemed right. like, you know, and she was telling us all this stuff, but you do have to, that's the thing. It's curiosity, but right. You know, but anyway, you so I get, get it. You didn't get, you didn't get a text that she got fired. Did nope. You? No, nothing. we didn't. Oh, okay. No, we didn't. Right. <laughs> Saved by the clown. I think she's a lifer. <laughs> okay, good. Well, Vegas is tough with the jobs. You know, they fire at, they fire at will out here, you know, like nothing. Yeah. 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 Well, we appreciate your honesty. And one thing that, that Sean and I always say is that we love that when you do your videos that you always say, like I heard from someone and this is what I'm hearing, but I cannot right. confirm. So I do enjoy that side of it. I feel like it is really honest because there's a lot out there right now that's very, you know, it's out of context. Well, it's I not make, backed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I make mistakes. So I found out. So somebody told me that I ran into somebody in the hallway at a casino and he goes, look, I'm security at, at the win and blah, blah, blah. Don't quote whoever I am. Don't do this. Don't do that. Uh, and he said, I heard they made a million dollars in one day. And I said, how many deals or whatever? And I did the math and I came up with $2,800. So I thought I had posted this video this morning. I thought that they made $2,800 in one day. Right. And I got an avalanche of DMs. Mm. No, they didn't make $2,800. They made $2,000. Uh, and they worked very hard and it was a 12 hour shift. And mm. I'm sure, you know, I just posted, I, I posted a video. I say, look, I was wrong. It wasn't $2,800. They made $2,000. It's still interesting. It is. You know, that they made $2,000 in a 12-hour shift. Yeah. And then you get, an, uh, and then you get another video at it. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> when, when I'm wrong, uh, I always, you know, I have, the, the thing about my mental uh, state is, or my brain chemistry, and I have no problem being wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, I was wrong. Let me fix it. You know, hope I didn't do any crazy damage. Right. And I just go back and I say, look, I was wrong. I'm doing, I'm doing the best job I can do out here. Yeah. I come to it from a place of innocence. 
And I just want to entertain. I want to make people laugh. I want to give people the information. And if I'm totally wrong, I say, look, I was wrong. And I move on, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, and that's the way to do it. That's what we that's what we appreciate. Um, F1, obviously, uh, has been the topic of a lot of conversation, a lot of frustration as well. Um, we're just kind of going over the the post F1 numbers, the impact right. it's going to have across the entire community. Um, what was your big takeaway from year one of uh, having the Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix here? Okay, so uh, some of this is selfish, certainly in the beginning, so I want to get that out there. Okay. Because in the very beginning, when they started to tear up the this, this strip, I started to put up videos. Every video I put up got a million, million views, two million views, three million views. So in the beginning, when they started to tear up the strip, I was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to make us Paul see because now I'm getting all these views from something new. And as time went by, I saw the traffic building up and I would do I would do live performances in the morning and I would ask the locals what they thought about it. And I'd say, who's positive about it? Who's negative about it? And I saw, you know, 80% of the people were negative. 90% of the people were negative. And then I saw them cut down the trees, you know, and I ran over there and I saw the sap boiling out of the stump, uh, which hurt. <laughs> you know, it hurt because these are, these are desert trees. They've been there for 50 years. They got them from the back of the property over there. Yeah. And I thought to myself, would Steve Wynn have really done this? Would he have blocked the fountains like this? No, probably not. Mm-hmm. And I got very mixed emotions. And leading up to it, I got a little sour and a little concerned. Uh, and then because I'm a cheap, easy audience, those race cars went by me on that first night. And let me tell you, I was happy with the nine minutes. So I was happy with the nine minutes that first night. I was over there at the Heineken Silver and I went home and I didn't think about suing anybody or getting back half of my ticket. Well, I didn't pay for my ticket anyway. Somebody invited me. Mm-hmm. We did. And, and, that, and that Friday, I went back again and I was at the VIP here at the Venetian. And it was fabulous. I saw the cars going by. So the minute it started, and this is one of my biggest faults as a human being, the minute it started, I was overwhelmingly, ridiculously, enthusiastically positive about it. Because now I'm having all of these emotional moments that are I'm getting choked up by the mm-hmm. and I was so overwhelmingly positive, but the media had already gone ridiculously negative over the uh, negative over the weekend. So I'm getting a lot of feedback. I'm getting a lot of contact. A lot of people contacting me like, "This is the worst thing that ever happened in Vegas. Isn't this a disaster, Paulie? See, isn't this the worst? The casinos are empty. This is terrible." That's and I'm like, "What are you even talking about?" I was in the casinos. I saw $100,000 chips on the table. I have never seen that much action come across the table in my entire life. You can't even get to a $500 minimum table. I said, people are making money here. I said, I don't know. I'm not negative about it at all. But the press was negative all the way through Sunday night. And then Monday morning, I wake up this morning and I see all of these, all of this press about, how are you? So you were watching me play? No, not you, but congratulations if you won a lot of money. Oh, okay. So I, I got I got up on Monday morning and I see the press like most overwhelming, incredible, amazing uh, event to have ever happened in Las Vegas. Isn't it so interesting how it I turned? Said, well, I just couldn't believe that the press turned on a dime like that with no shame. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, have you guys 
Now, you guys are in the press. You guys are news people. You guys are professionals. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Absolutely. So we, we went in frustrated with the construction, and then as it got closer, we both, we've both we always been lovers of Las Vegas. We go to all the big events. We love it. We think it's you know the best thing ever. And we said, we're going into F1 week here positive. We're ready to just, let's see how this goes. It could be the it's it's a global event. And then us too, we were invited, and we went to opening ceremony, and we went to the practice round on Friday at 830. And and I mean, I even, I would just mentioned earlier in the podcast, I looked at Sean, he looked at me and like our mouths were open. We were like in awe over, emo- right, it was right. emotional seeing everything and experiencing the cars and, and even the teams were looking in the garages and these teams of people working and I mean, it, it was unreal. It, it was overwhelming. It was so incredible. So then, you know, all weekend living it uh, and being sort of immersed in it and feeling how incredible it was getting all of that negativity from the rest of the country through the chat, it was confusing me. Mm -hmm. You know, when I went to sleep last night, like, okay, well, I loved it, but maybe I loved it because I'm the world's most selfish human being. I don't know. (laughs) You know, my mind is always open to that because when you start to do this influencer thing, you could, you know, if you, like I said, if you get high on your own supply, you'll lose your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I said, all right, so, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was just great for me because I didn't pay anything and I had such a great time. And then I woke up this morning and the press was all like it was the greatest thing in the history of civilization. So <laughs> I guess they got on board later on. But what really kind of, I, I wouldn't say bothered me, but it definitely, you know, made me like, you know, it, it was like, an, it, it gave me whiplash. The whiplash of it was, you know, wow. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I know. The whiplash totally. of the press. I know. Well, we were just got done with the conversation. We were on Twitter talking about uh, how we enjoyed it. And we got, like like we were saying, the, the, the attacked more than we've ever been attacked. How are we getting attacked for being positive? And it was the same oh, experience. Yeah. So By locals, in other words? Locals, yeah. yep. A lot, of, a lot of locals. And uh, even some people from, I, uh, even a little bit from people from around the world who were kind of like upset that Vegas was having the race here and we shouldn't. And then... And then, uh, you know, different kinds of, of bloggers and stuff like that. So right, it, it right, was right. interesting. I mean, we were getting memes but with I the finger up you know, and the whole nine. There were businesses and there were at least 10 businesses, I'm sure. I mean, we probably could make a list of 20 of them. But we're, there were businesses that got wiped out by this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the gas station over on Coval and uh, uh, Flamingo. True. Uh, they said that their business went from like, that guy actually contacted me. I think his business went from 100000 a day down to zero. Mm-hmm. You know, because they built that bridge over there. Yeah. I mean, some, some places closed down. So there were absolutely, you know, you have to be cognizant of the fact that there were there were a lot of people that that lost. I was interviewed by the F1 photographer. I think his name is Kim Illman or something like that. And I said, look, I said, I think that they did a terrible job. I think F1 did a terrible job in not communicating to the public. Um, I told him, I said, I thought that they got a D at best. I feel that, and, I, and I'm not saying this, um, to project any sort of virtue signaling, but I think they could have done a lot more for the locals. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have put up a grandstand somewhere over there in the T-Mobile zone, somewhere over there near the steer, somewhere on the strip, and they could have let people in for 150 or $100. You know, they could have let the locals in. Because, you know, people going to their job every single day, they, were, they, was, uh, they had an extra hour, an extra hour and a half, an extra 45 mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. That adds up over the months. It does. And we live close I'm by. A little, and, yeah, yeah I'm still it. a little, you know, I'm all, I'm still all, you know, excited from the event and whatever. But, you know, now next year going in, it's still going to be two months before and a month after is going to be three months of inconveniencing everybody with the traffic. 
you know, wow. You know, there's a, in other words, there's a price to pay for this. Yeah. You know, when you come back to reality, there's a pretty big price to pay. There is. But when your reality is living in a city that is based on providing hospitality to the rest of the world, I, I feel like there has to be some sort of ownership of the fact that at some point you are going to be inconvenienced in some way yes. in order to provide world-class experiences that nowhere else on earth can provide. I, I do believe that that's true. But what's interesting about this, um, and not from a science perspective, because that's being too dramatic. What's interesting about this is, is that it probably is the most amount of sacrifice ever asked of the general public for a benefit that is huge but is not really being universally distributed. So you have a almost a test case uh, in patients. Mm-hmm. Can you understand what I'm saying? Like, no, yeah, totally. I do. And so, well, you know, fair so enough. Events, a, yeah. a boxing yeah. event or any kind of event is not going to really impact mm-hmm. the locals like this did. No. Like that's... The, the average local probably gave up, well, let's just use 10 hours a week. They may, they may have given up 100 hours of their life for this. Mm-hmm. And they may have a job where, it, let's just say you're a local who works at that gas station over on Colville. Mm-hmm. Now you gave up 100 hours of your life and you lost your job or and your boss mm-hmm. can't pay you. or it's So awful. there were some very profound winners and losers here, way more than usual. I agree. And we were just saying, some people said, you know, it was just terrible, you know, when it came to right. their business. But then some people wrote us and said, hey, my business had the best weekend it's ever had. So there, right, right. It's, it, it's, it is a tough one. Hey, and interestingly enough, we went to the LVCVA today. We had a list of questions and they did tell us that um, the viewership on this thing was 100 million viewers worldwide wow. on the broadcast. And then also the economic uh, impact. We already have seen that 1.2 billion, but the race apparently is uh, bringing in a hundred million or so in tax revenue, and it's going to be used for services like K through 12 education, higher education, and healthcare. And about 25 million of that is going to go to K to 12 education. So we thought that was that, interesting. Yeah, well, that's fantastic because they definitely need to put more money into that uh, yeah. here in the state of Nevada. Yeah, so it's good to see that yeah, the so community great, will I mean, benefit. Yeah, I mean, Vegas, let's, let's be honest, Vegas is booming. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only is it booming, but it just keeps getting better and better. And now you have the A's coming here and the Super Bowl coming here. I mean, I, you know, people say to me, what's the future of Las Vegas? And I say, I think in 40 years, the number one city population-wise will still be New York. But I don't think Vegas is going to be far behind. I mean, I see Vegas, you know, they call it Manhattanization. I see, I know that that was happening in 2005 and then the financial crisis hit. But I think they're going to start again with the vertical, uh, you know, and they start to put people in vertical apartment buildings. They're building a couple of new apartment buildings downtown, a couple of new condo units. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to start to go vertical. And I see Vegas is, you know, I think I'll be dead, but I don't know how old you guys are. Maybe you're younger than me. 40 years from now, I see Vegas being the second largest city in the country. Interesting. Because, and I, I always joke about this on my lives. I say Vegas, it's the, it's the get it done city. Mm-hmm. It really is. You know, if you're from New York, if you're from the East Coast, if you're from New York, if you're from New Jersey, and you see what happened with the A's, that's like a five-year process in New York. Right. True. <laughs> Very true. true. And you guys got it done here. You know, it, it was like a thought, and then they picked a location, and then it happened. That was like a, to me, and I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, that was like a one-month execution. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, and, it and, seems and like it. Is. We we interviewed uh, 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 James Dolan before the Sphere opening, and he said, 
you know, I said, well, aren't you going to put one in New York City? He said, well, if they would have it, like Vegas was so welcoming and easy to work with that we just. He knows. He knows. He knows because he, like, he does business in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been, you know, you have no idea. I mean, you know, I was in that industry, obviously not anywhere near close to the level of James Dolan, but they actually make you ask to just put up cable television with each town. You have to go through like a lengthy approval process. So if anybody knows about towns getting in the way and government being hostile, and I'm not blowing any smoke up James uh, Dolan's took us, trust me. But if anybody, <laughs> but if anybody knows about that pain, because I was in telecommunications, it's James Dolan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he comes out here. He must just, when he gets out here, he gets off the plane, he must feel like, oh, I can breathe. A breath of fresh desert air. <laughs> you gotta love it. Hey, I, you know, as the, as the, the weeks are counting down to the end of 2023, I mean, it's still a, a packed roster that we have mm-hmm. the rest of this year and then into next year. It's just same, same velocity with things. Uh, what are the three things you're most looking forward to coming up here in the next few months in Vegas? Well, the, definitely the opening of the Fountain Blue, mm-hmm. uh, the opening of the Durango, and the Super Bowl. Very yeah. easy. Yeah. Three good ones. That's Three good December, ones. December, January, and February. Yeah. Well, I live at Turnberry, so I've been staring at Fountain Blue, and I do all my update photos of uh, all the changes and the lights on and all that. Uh, the casino's beautiful. I saw a video of the casino's gorgeous. Yeah, it looks really nice. Will we see you at the opening? Sean and I are going. Uh, well, I won't be invited because, you know, I put up videos of the windows falling out and whatever. I just, you know, whatever information I have, I put up. And someone had said that that was due to the wind, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure I'm persona non grata over there, but I'll go over. I mean, you know, I'm not, yeah. I don't, uh, you know, sometimes I have to sneak around a little bit, but I'll, I'll go over there and check it out, definitely. <laughs> and we talked to you before the, um, we actually got you on the line here and started recording. So just tell folks if they want to follow you, what do you do? You do a morning where are you on uh, in the morning on TikTok or Instagram so in when morning, you're doing your morning, morning walk? I walk on TikTok and then I try and get people to go over to my YouTube, which I just, just started a couple of months ago. So I walk from the strip downtown. You know, it was, a little, it was very windy this morning, but I do a morning show and that's live maybe five days a week, six days a week. You know, as many days as I can get out there. I really enjoy doing it after the coffee hits me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then whatever I see on the street, I'll do videos. Like I woke up this morning and they were already taking down the F1 stuff. Right. And, what happens with the live or what happens with the chat and what happens with social media is everybody tells you what they want. So all I have to do is just do what the people want. <laughs> so everybody's there. asking me constantly, how long is it going to be? How long will it take, you know, for, to get all the stuff down? Mm-hmm. So I did a video of it and, you know, they say it's going to be four or five weeks, which is long to me. I can't imagine. Maybe you guys know better uh, how many weeks it's going to take to get the strip back uh- to normal. That seems a little long. Yeah, they right? said they they said that that's the one thing they can't pinpoint as they start taking it down because it's obviously the first time they're going to do it. Right. They did they did say the inconvenience in the fall is going to be a lot less though uh, that they don't right, have to right. repave the track. So okay, they they only right, have to so repave it every that's a, four. That's days. an open question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was the one thing that they couldn't answer. They said you know they're going to have to see how it goes. But uh, I saw you out there this morning, and it looks like they're starting to you know working on it quick. I bet I have a feeling yeah. that they might try and get it down you know quick. Yeah, I think they'll get it done in a couple of weeks. I really do. Yeah, um, definitely. All right, so you um, you you came to town, what, 18 months ago, you said? I came to town. I started walking on February 1st uh, of 2022, and I was walking for six days, and a woman named Mona from Texas sends me a video. This is the first time I had any narcissistic adoration. A woman from Texas sends me a video of me doing something funny, 
And I didn't even understand that she had screenshot me. This is the level of naivete. naivete. <laughs> like, I didn't even know you could do that with your phone. Now I know how to do it. So I'm technically challenged. I'm bumbling around out there. She sends me a video of me doing something funny. And she says, I hope you don't mind, but I set up a fan page for you. And I'm like, don't mind of like, I'm like smiling ear to ear. I'm like, oh my God, a fan page for me. Who the hell am I? I'm a nerd from the basement. And that basically started the whole thing rolling. From then on, I was hooked. She gave me my first hot dose oh my gosh. of the drug. I you know? love it. Mona from Texas. Oh Mona from Texas. We call her the general. She's still in the show. She's such a sweet woman. I've met her three or four times now. She comes to Vegas all the time. And, uh, you know, she, I consider her a friend, really. I That's love that. terrific. That really yeah. is. Listen, we love your intros. We love your uh, your outros. We're going to keep in touch with you because um, we appreciate your take on things. We're both now following you. On, yeah, whatever uh, I can do for you guys, I'll be happy to do it. I try and help the, uh, the people who are in the press, the podcast, as much as possible. Yeah. And, and we love your take. We love your descriptions. You really do absorb a lot of information up in that head when you're walking and talking. Yeah, well, I love doing it. You know? <laughs> Who, what do you get? Direct messages from people that work at places and yeah, say, hey? I get, I get a lot of DMs from people that give me information. And as soon as I see it from two or three people, then I say to myself, well, maybe there's some truth to this. And then I try and go deeper. But sometimes, like, you know, there's so much stuff I can't put up because it's just so unfounded and ridiculous. Yeah. But when I heard about the win and the money and the amount of money they took in tips and I heard it from a couple different people and I talked to some people over there, yeah, they, they did almost – I heard a million dollars, but but Las Vegas locally, who's very good, uh, they said it was only 700000 mm-hmm. But in any case, I heard that the deal was made $2,000. So, you know. It's a lot of money. It's pretty good, I, I think. I can move forward with that. I don't yeah. have to be like, you know, Yeah, yeah, no. I like it. I like it. All right, Polly, well, you got you to gotta do your out cue for us because we couldn't have this uh, phone conversation if you we didn't end it with <laughs> your voice <laughs> okay, ending the broadcast. Ready, I'll do it. All right, do it, do it. Here we go. Vegas, Polly C. <laughs> <laughs> Polly, thanks so much for your time, Thank man. You we appreciate you. Me. Thank you. Thank okay, you. we'll talk okay. to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. bye. A lot of fun to talk to Vegas Policy. Policy. <laughs> I mean, he is very unique. You got to give him that, right? He is. It's different. I, I like it. It's something different. Everything starts to look the same and sound the same after a while, right? And he's out there hitting the hitting the <laughs> pavement every single morning. I love it. You'd think that he'd live he lived here for like a really long time. That's what it seems like. But it's interesting to his take because he's he's a gambler. Yeah. So, you know, it's like a different kind of perspective. So, uh, did appreciate that. Just like he mentioned, obviously, the Fountain Blues opening on the 13th. We've got Durango Station, uh, Casino's newest uh, resort and casino opening on December 5th. Um, You know, then we've got New Year's Eve and Super Bowl. Sean and I are going to enjoy Thanksgiving and just take a little bit of time off to wrap up some projects that we need to do for the end of the year. But we're going to be back early December. Yeah, that's right. Uh, December, I believe December 9th is when uh, we'll have a new episode out for you. So just taking one week off so we can have some downtime, rejuvenate for a busy end of the year and super busy start of 2024. We want to be on our a game yeah, for you. They do. And with the Fountain Blue opening and everything, we're going to have some special, you know, coverage of that. Yes. And, and we're going to be on the red carpet. And so we're going to bring you a lot of stuff. So we kind of just going to take a breather, um, spend some time with family and friends. We hope you enjoyed this longer episode. We gave you that, right? <laughs> and then, of course, we will be back. Also, on just a quick little note, we got to mention we're getting a baseball team now, too, by the way. We are. So, the A's, they're coming. Yeah, so lots of new updates. Follow us on social media. We'll always be there because that's easy. It's at our thumbs. And don't come at us. 
Don't be mean. Be nice. We will. (laughs) (laughs) See you for episode 197. Have a great holiday, everyone. Bye. How do I buy tickets for that show? Where is the closest restaurant with a view? My kids are with me. Is there an age restriction for that attraction? These are just some of the questions that the new Vegas Near Me app will answer for you. Vegas Near Me quite literally takes the guesswork out of planning your next Las Vegas trip. It is so helpful. With constantly updated information, business hours, menus, ticket prices, parking costs, Vegas Near Me is a one-stop shop. It really is. And here's the deal. It's free and you don't have to sign up, become a member. It is simple. Download Vegas Near Me today from the Apple App Store or from Google Play. If it's fun to do or see, it's on Vegas Near Me.